He wouldn't like it, but he'd do it. They reached the county road and crossed it, pulling up under some cottonwoods. The day had been dry and hot, just as every other day had been for over a month. But it was cool down here under the ancient trees, cool enough to feel like paradise after two weeks of hard riding up there on Nevada Mesa, where there wasn't enough shade to cover a fair-sized lizard. Bill stepped down and began tugging off his boots. Last man in's got a dirty neck, he said. Shanico didn't say a word, and he didn't hurry. Bill beat him into the water by a good two minutes. They swam across the river and back and crawled out to lie in the sand. The sun was almost down behind the high rims to the west. Let's get down to bedrock, Shanico said. You've been simmering for months. Now I ain't standing up for old Mike. He's handed you the dirty end of the stick time after time, but you ain't got fifty dollars to your name. Where do you figure to go? I don't know, and I don't care, Bill said. All I know is I've had enough of the old man's guff. We won't find nothing but trouble at the hellhole, Shanico said. Charlie Gilbert don't want no pitchfork boys around. We'll wind up in a fight with Ludd and there'll be hell to pay. You scared? No, but... All right then, Bill said. Me? I figure a fight with Ludd is just what the doctor ordered. Something else, Shanico said. What'll happen to your sis if you pull out? You've always been sweet on her. You could stay and cut Turk out. A big chance I'd have, Shanico said bitterly. He's got her roped and tied, looks like. Well, I've said all I can to stop her. She's a big girl now. Shanico picked up a rock and threw it into the water. There's another thing. Old Mike ain't gonna live forever. You pull out now, you'll be throwing your half of the outfit right down a gopher hole. You call that smart? I don't give a damn how smart it is. I tell you, I've had a belly full. Bill got up and began to dress. Shanico said, I ain't blaming you, but I sure don't like to see you do something you'll be sorry for an hour after you ride off. You will be. And don't you forget it. Why? Because old Mike's your dad. It wasn't his fault and it wasn't mine, Bill said testily. Now quit preaching, will you? I'm going to have myself a time tonight. Shanico let it go at that, but he rode along. Bill had a stubborn streak in him a foot wide, and when he got the bit in his teeth and started to run, there wasn't much Shanico or anyone else could do anyone except Marion Tracy, who ran a dressmaking shop in Broken Nose. Bill had been in love with Marion for a long time, but he'd never quite got around to proposing. If he stayed on Pitchfork, he would. Shanico was sure of that, providing she didn't get tired of waiting and marry the storekeeper, Phil Niter, who had been courting her for months. So far, Marion had shown no inclination to take Niter, so Shanico figured Bill was her choice, if she had a chance to choose. More than once she'd slowed him down when he'd gotten some impractical scheme in his head. Shanico considered riding into town and telling her how Bill was talking, then gave up the idea. He knew what Bill would say if he found out. They crossed Sundog Creek that had dug the canyon between Nevada Mesa and Sundown Mesa on the east and emptied into Skull River half a mile below the hellhole. The sun was showing a thin rind above the horizon, when Bill and Shanico reined up in front of the hellhole and tied. It was a ranch house on the river side of the road, dilapidated and in need of paint, with some corrals and outbuildings behind it. It was ordinary enough in every way except for the tightly fenced pasture behind the house. 
The pasture held over a hundred calves, and the talk was that when a man wanted some fun in the hellhole, he found an unbranded pitchfork calf, brought it in, and gave it to Charlie Gilbert, who slapped his brand on it and turned it into his pasture. Looks like we got the place to ourselves, Bill said. Won't be no crowd, middle of the week this way. Good thing for us, Shanico grumbled. On a Saturday night, they tell me there'll be twenty men here, all of them talking about how to bust Pitchfork and run the Varneys over the hill. Then it's time the Varneys came to them, Bill said. The front door was open. Bill hadn't been in the house since Charlie Gilbert had bought it. Outside, it appeared as run down as ever, with half a dozen Plymouth Rock chickens scratching in the dust of the barren yard and a scarred tomcat that sat on a corner of the porch giving himself a much-needed bath. The step to the porch trembled under Bill's weight.